Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Hi, writers. Welcome to episode number 69 of How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. And as ever, I am so glad that you're here. We have a really special show today. Um, it is my first threesome show. I was so pleased to talk to Jeff Adams and Will Ness. They are writers and husbands, and they run together uh, Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction podcast, which is an awesome show. I can't recommend it more highly. Um, go check it out. And they are just so fun to talk to, and they really know what they're doing and what they're talking about. And I, it was just a joy to talk to them. So um, you'll enjoy the interview portion of the show. In update, I kind of have a lot to say. So, you know, get comfy, get a cup of tea. But I um, I took last week off. It was Thanksgiving 2017. And I just said, eh, I'm taking the week off, which feels really good when I do that. And I've been just doing a lot of thinking about, don't roll your eyes, um, gratitude in a non-cheesy, non-hallmark kind of way. I seem to have run up against this huge wellspring of gratitude in myself for the place that I am. The fact that I am able to sit here and talk to you. Um, the fact, and this is huge, that um, particularly this week, and I don't know if this is because everybody else is feeling grateful, but I have been hearing some really wonderful things uh, about me and my teaching and um, the podcast and my classes. And um, just this week, I've had three people in particular, Lefty, Thomas, and um, Stephanie. Uh, Lefty's a listener. Thomas is in my novel class at Berkeley. Stephanie's in my memoir class at Stanford. And um, separately, they've all come to me and said things to me that make me feel honestly humble and um, like perhaps I'm in the right spot. And I have to share something with you. I I always thought that there would be no better feeling in the world, you know, besides love and sex and all the really, really good feelings. But um, I thought there would be no better feeling in the world than someone telling you that they loved your book, that something you wrote affected them and changed them for the better. That was always my goal. Uh, it does feel incredible when that happens. Uh, and I didn't think anything could feel better. Apparently something can. When someone tells me that I have helped them be a writer or be more serious about what they're doing or um, that they feel believed in, that they are worthy of being a writer, which, hello, if you're listening to this, you are worthy of being a writer. Um, go get it. But hearing that actually feels more incredible. Um, I was brought to tears a couple of times this week, and I have told you I don't cry easily. I'm I'm quite I'm quite stable in the emotions. I have a you know I I go up and down, but I don't I don't I don't waver too much. But um, uh, 
people telling me this has really kind of knocked me back on my heels and it makes me feel like I'm in the right place. It makes me want to continue doing this podcast, continue talking to you, um, continue talking to Jay on the pedal to the metal, continue teaching, um, continue coaching, although I have almost no time to do that right now. Uh, I do love it. And I, I just can't imagine how I got here. And on the other hand, I know exactly how I got here. I've been working really hard at this for the last 11 years since 2006. Um, I've been working even harder for the last year and a half, um, almost two years that I have been writing full time. And uh, if you read my blog or get my email, you may have heard some of these things already. But uh, I went outside on the porch the other day and, you know, letting the dogs out. And there was a beautiful um, late November cold air with the scent of wood smoke in the air, which is just, you know, top five for me in terms of scents. And I'm really a scent driven person. And I realized something, it just felt different. And it's been feeling different every time I've smelled that smell this, uh, this winter, this fall. Whenever I have ever smelled that, that wood smoke, fall, winter smell, I have always felt a longing, an ache, almost a pre-nostalgia, a, uh, a wish to be, to have my life be the life that I want it to be. Even when I was a kid, that smell told me someday I'll be in the place that I am meant to be, that I feel like I should be, that I want to be. And this month, it's just been smelling wonderful. There's no nostalgia evoked. There's no longing. There's no ache. There's just like, this, oh man, that smells good. You know, like so does barbecue. Um, and I analyzed it and I think that, and I just feel, I feel like I'm tempting fate by saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I feel like I'm in the right place right now. I am 45. Who knows how many years I have being healthy left. I, who knows how many years the people I love most in the world have being healthy. Um, right now, knock wood, we're healthy. I love this house. I love my wife. I love these loud ass dogs who are um, always under my feet. I love my jobs. I love my writing. I love my teaching. Um, it's this crystalline, perfect moment. And I know enough about entropy and how nothing stays the same. All is change. Um, I know enough about that, 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 really focusing on how grateful I am right now feels incredible. I keep using that word incredible. I am overusing that word on this podcast today, but, um, and this is not, I, I don't want to make this like a brag thing. It is, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to brag. Uh, although now I worry that I'm sounding like that. It's just that I'm so grateful again, sitting here. I'm going to get off of the subject because I'm already, I'm already boring myself, but, um, in terms of projects and things that excite me, um, I have also been thinking a lot about the fact that I have lately been feeling, while happy, very happy, um, I've also been feeling really creatively drained. Uh, it's been hard. You've, you've heard me talk for the last few months. It's been hard for me to get to the page, to stick to the page, to send things out. Um, it's That's been really difficult for me. And I think it might be because I always fit writing in around my life. 
And uh, because I had to fit writing in around my life, I had a life. When I went full-time, my life became writing. And I fit experiences and friendships and all the other stuff around the writing. I think that I have forgotten to fill this this proverbial creative well. I've just been feeling really, really dry. Um, I've been doing all this stuff, but I haven't been feeling it as much. And I have been having to look harder to find inspiration. And I'm going to fix that. I have rejiggered my Patreon, um, my Patreon essays that go out once a month. They have been about creativity. Um, that is in the process of being made into a book. My agent is taking that out. Um, it's a, it's, that's a, it's going to be, it already is a good book. I'm really, really happy with the essays that I have already provided. However, I kind of lost interest in just thinking about creativity and writing an essay about something because I feel like I already covered a lot of facets of it. So, I had this idea to do this year-long challenge. I love a year-long challenge memoir. It's one of my favorite genres to read. If somebody does something crazy for a year, I want to read every single detail about it. So um, I'm making up this challenge kind of based a little bit on Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. Um, And here it is. I'm just going to lay it out what I'm doing um, for the next year. From December, which started today as I record is December 1st, 2017, um, all the way up until the end of November 2018. I'm going to spend 12 months filling the well. Each month, I have a different theme, and every day I participate in that theme somehow. I remember that as a creative person, I have to be living not just staring at a computer all the time. So um, December, I'm easing in. Uh, Reading is one of my top ways to refill myself. And, um, but I work too much. I spend too much time on the computer. When I'm not on the computer, I'm spending hours reading Twitter because I love Twitter, even though it's the devil. And um, I don't watch much TV, but I do watch some. So December, I am off social media. I will post to it and respond to people who interact with me, but I'm not going to read Twitter or Facebook. Um, I'm also going to try to avoid most television and just read. I'm only going to read things that I love. As soon as a book bores me and I don't think it can get me back, I'm going to throw it against the virtual Kindle wall. Um, I'm also going to try to read some of these books that rest behind me in my office right now. All these books you see behind me, um, they're basically on my TBR pile and they have been for a while. I bought them for a reason or they were given to me for a reason. It's sometimes hard for me to read paper books because we have all kind of gotten lazy. I like to read my Kindle, but I am going to just read as much as possible. I'm also going to... um, track how I'm feeling through the year because there's um, no reason to do this if it's not helping. Uh, Other months will include things like I have a uh, meditation spirituality month. I have a movement month where I just have to move my body in a different way, in a way that I don't normally do. I have an outdoors month where I have to spend an hour outside every day. Uh, I have a water month where I must put my body into water once a day, whether that's swimming in the beach or in the bathtub or the mill's pool. Um, I have a really exciting month in March where I hope I will be on vacation all month. I cannot imagine that I will pull that off. And I do have to teach a class that month, but, um, but it's really kind of an easy class to teach. It almost teaches itself. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, but so I have these, I've got a cooking month, a gardening month. Um, and I found an app 
And I'm just going to tell you about it. I don't know if it's any good yet. I haven't actually fired it up, but I've heard good things about it. It's called Exist. And apparently you can link it with everything else you're already doing. Um, So it can tell you, hey, you're happier on a day that you post more Instagram pictures or, um, but what I'm really using it for is you can put in your own thing that you're tracking and I'm going to be tracking my creativity and how I feel like my, my baseline of inspiration and, and how that feels going up and down because it's very easy to forget things later. Um, at the end of the month go, well, this is kind of a good month. I think it was a good month, but how can I tell? I would like a spreadsheet, please. I would like a chart with graphs and points. Um, if exist app, it doesn't work for me. I'll just do some kind of Excel spreadsheet and check in every day. And, um, I think that will be interesting. I really want to make this useful for myself and also something that will be useful for others. This is admittedly a very privileged idea. I am sitting here in this chair as a full-time author, a full-time creative person, um, talking about how I need to get some more creativity and, you know, find the time and the money to do that kind of thing. Um, not everyone will be able to participate in even a week of this, let alone a year of this. Uh, but I acknowledge that. And I am also grateful that I get to play in this way. The whole idea behind this is bringing play back back into my life. I have had very little play. Um, and that is completely my fault. I have just been, you know, nose to the grindstone, wearing my little nose right down to the nub. Um, completely my fault. I'm reintroducing play. So I'm super excited about that. Every month I will write the essay and send it out about how that month went, how it felt, what I did, what happened, what stories I have to tell. Um, eventually those will be collected into a year-long memoir. Probably won't be out for a couple of years, obviously. Um, this is a soft sell. If you would like to get those essays as I write them, the first one, the introduction just went out yesterday. You can grab that. Um, you can grab all my old essays for as little as a buck a month over at patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And um, while we're on that topic, I sent this idea out to my newsletter list and put it on Facebook and stuff. And I have a bunch of new patrons, um, which is so exciting. And it makes me feel like this is something that people want because there's not usually this kind of influx in my patron level of people um, pledging a dollar or more a month just to support me. So let me real quick read them off. Um, Thank you to Beth, to Lefty, Darling Lefty, to Donna, to Jen, to Lynn, to Rebecca, to Holly, to Joanna, to Kim, to Maureen, to Emily, to Kay, to Darling Melody, to Jenna, to Antoinette, to RL, to Kate, to Jeff and Will. Thanks, Jeff and Will, guys. Um, to Kelly and to Asilomar Pagrovian. Um, thank you, guys. And thank you with all my heart to all the patrons who have been supporting me up until now. It makes me feel like I can do this. Like you believe in me and like you want to hear about it and you want to think about filling your own creative well and um, play and being grateful and happy for what we have as long as we have it. So um, that's my that's my push for that. And um, just an other update, uh, my agent got back to me about the thriller. She says it is 80% great and 20% needs some work and 
damn, I can take that. That is fantastic. I can't wait to get her notes so I can get back to um, revising that again. I just, I sent her the third revision. This will be in the fourth revision and then we're going to take it out. And I also published with my best friends um, a Christmas anthology called uh, Darling Bay Christmas that has been available and has been selling nicely. And it's about 45, maybe 50,000 words, three Christmas stories that we set in my fictional town of Darling Bay. And it was hilarious to write this. I can't remember if I mentioned it before, but the three of us, me, Juliet Blackwell, who's a New York Times bestseller, and Sophie Littlefield went up to Sea Ranch and uh, spent a weekend there or a couple days there writing. Um, and we decided it would be fun to write these stories together. And uh, one night we were drinking maybe a little bit too much and we decided to um, plot them out. And I was the scribe for this mission because it's my town. I know all the characters. I was going to be the editor, the continuity editor, to make sure that all three stories fit together. And uh, I wrote down Juliet's plot. I wrote down my plot completely. Didn't write down any part of Sophie's plot. So by the time we started to put this book together, um, Sophie had to <laughs> just make up everything from scratch. Um, they were real champs, real troopers to um, to to take this lark with me. And it turned out really, really fun. It's actually a, a, a little wee book that I'm very proud of. So uh, that has been fun and has been making me feel kind of festive, um, which doesn't always happen. Christmas can sometimes just pass me to, pass me by, which is fine. Uh, but this year, it's kind of fun doing that with them. So that's been exciting. And um, right now, I'm in kind of this transition period. I'm going to be working on the Patreon essays to put them together into a book. I'm also working on my uh, book on memoir, the Fast Draft, um, your memoir book that hopefully will be out by February, I believe. So um, I'm kind of pulling together little projects and it all feels really good. Um, it feels like I'm moving back into myself. You know what I mean? So I have talked your ear off for a little bit longer than normal, so we're going to get right into the interview. Please enjoy it. Please drop me a line if any of this stuff resonates with you, if you want to chat about any of it. Um, I am considering putting together a Facebook group for people who also want to do this Patreon challenge of filling the creative well for a year. So if you're interested in that, if that's something I should do, um, hit me up on Twitter or email and um, let me know. Uh, that might be something I would do if I have enough interest. It might be fun to play that way. So uh, enjoy Jeff and Will and happy writing to you. I hope you get a bunch of words. And if you participated in NaNoWriMo in any way, shape, or form, congratulations. If you won, huge kudos. I am so proud of you. Um, November 30th is one of my favorite days because I see all these people talking about how they won and um, it's really exciting. So, okay, enjoy the interview. Goodbye. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. All right, well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome two people. This is my first twofer, everybody. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Will. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Oh my gosh, I'm just thrilled. Um, I would like to give you a little introduction. Uh, Jeff Adams and Will Naus are husbands, authors, and podcasters based in Northern California. They write gay romances, sometimes together and other times separately. 
Uh, Jeff also writes young adult LGBT fiction, and together they host the awesome podcast, Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast, a weekly show devoted to gay romance literature and the pop culture they love. Um, before we jump into all of the questions that I normally ask, I want to ask, like, how did how did this come about, this podcast? Because this is really something that really didn't exist for a very long time. What made you guys want to do it? We listened to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Most, <laughs> most of them centered like this one around writing and the yeah. craft and the process and being indie authors and that kind of thing. Yeah. And we were looking around the gay romance space, and there's not a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a couple others that are out there, and we decided we wanted to start one because we love to read it. We love to write it. And then you wrap the rest of the package around it where we also talk about a lot of pop culture. So it's yes. movies, it's music, and TV, usually with a, an LGBT angle on it but you know we might talk about thor too just because we saw the movie <laughs> oh my god and isn't wasn't it awesome i loved that it movie totally was <laughs> i am still not over it <laughs> and so yeah a hundred and something episodes later and two years down the road you're not divorced you're not <laughs> no and we we have a good time every sunday when we come in here to record yeah it's and it translates on the air it really really comes through a few years back um my wife wanted to start a podcast with me and i and i sadly shut it down but um but but like <laughs> and i still think i did the right thing but uh but listening to you guys makes me want to revisit that i do not need an extra podcast but um but it's really cool listening to you guys. So I would like to talk to you as writers today, um, more than just podcasters, although that's not a jest. Um, and tell me about each of your writing process. All these questions you could jump in. It's kind of like you're on a tiny, tiny little panel on my show. So take it away. What's your writing process like? Um, my answer is quite short. I don't have one. Um <laughs> I love that answer. I've never had um, that answer. Uh, yeah, I am at the very beginning of my writer's journey. Um, uh, actually, the episode you just did with Jay on Pedal to the Metal about the professional mindset versus oh, yeah. an amateur mindset or a wannabe mindset. I am still, uh, unfortunately, uh, very much in the um, amateur uh, category still with uh, hopes and forward momentum to uh, professionalism. What do you, uh, and I, uh, you left a great comment at the site at the pedal to the metal about, you know, going back through Joanna's book, business for authors. Um, oh yeah. You already have all this knowledge. Is there a moment at which you feel like you'll turn pro or do you want that moment to happen? Or are you, are you just kind of moving toward it slowly, but surely? Um, yeah, I definitely do personally want to turn pro uh but um we'll we'll get to my issues in a, a couple of oh, other questions. okay perfect all right <laughs> boy do i have issues around process um oh. jeff, jeff here is is most definitely a professional uh and he handles his uh writing in a very very professional manner how so, uh, how so jeff tell me about that well before i jump into mine i i, I want to <laughs> tweak a little bit on his because while you're still at the beginning <laughs> of your journey, I think it's important to say that where kind of we, we consider ourselves having a, a, a business of mm-hmm. what, yeah. uh, of what we sounds, call JW books. That sounds very professional, Will. <laughs> exactly. <That's, laughs> but he, I'm going to call you a pro. <laughs> he really keeps us 
up to date on like what's happening in the industry, what's happening in gay romance. He reads a lot more about the industry than I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think to that side, he's very much the pro while he's getting his writing process sorted out. That is a huge advantage to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how enormous is that? That's that's awesome. Yeah, it helps me be pro because he's doing heck, that. Heck yeah, he's doing. You're, you're doing the manual labor over there and bringing <laughs> bringing it home. <laughs> so, uh, what is your ter- process like then? In terms of my process, it's evolved a lot in the last over the last book that I've been writing. So the last couple months, because I've moved from doing uh, regular hands on the keyboard to going to transcription. Ooh, how's that going and for dictation. you? It was really amazing. My my word count jacked way up, yeah. which I appreciated. I was doing 600 to 650 words in a 20-minute sprint on average, and now I can average around 1,000. Holy cow. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, that's a lot more production. If I'm in the zone, I can get that 1,000, you know, yeah. words. Um, and so that's kind of transformed things, and I'm looking forward to seeing – I'm editing that book now, so I get to see how – accurate some of that worked out and how long if it expands the editing process so far not so fingers crossed on that that's great to hear but in general i'm i'm up at 4 30 and in front of the computer by around six ish yeah 6 30 uh and writing for the two to two and a half hours before the day job kicks in can i ask you what you're doing in that hour and a half to two hours before you land at the screen because i think i would just go back to bed (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's, it's get up, it's work out, um, have some breakfast, take the shower, have a coffee. Well, the coffee comes after the shower as I'm coming in to start writing. There's the coffee that comes with me. That's your reward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that, that time before, and maybe because of my day job taking care of some stuff that happened in the overseas side of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you work out of your home um, for the yeah. day job? And that's a big plus because right here at this very same computer I'm standing in front of now, I can go, I can cr- close Scrivener and open up something else. And Do you have a problem separating um, hats? I mean, uh, putting on one hat and, and taking off the other? I don't think so, that's which great. is strange, I think. But I'm a project manager, like oh. what I do. So I'm, I'm pretty that good about it. That explains it. You know. Yeah. And plus there was in my, in my, before I was that, I was a journalist. So I would hop between stories themselves and what I'd be working on too. So okay. it all kind of blends together, I think, for me. And then how long do you write before you start the day job normally? It's about two hours. Yeah, that's nice. You can get a lot done in two hours. Yeah. What time do you go to bed? Uh, I'm usually down by nine, at least reading. Yeah. And then kind of drifting and watching Big Bang Theory if it's on. <laughs> I was a 4 a.m. getter-upper for a long time, and I, I swear I went to bed at like 7.30 sometimes. I just, I need my sleep. <laughs> All right. What is the absolute best or worst writing advice you've ever been given? This was a str- interesting question. I think <laughs> I think the best advice was getting was around getting out of your head and really working hard not to edit as you go. Just put it on the page and come back and fix it later. That's excellent. Will, do you have anything that you're trying to incorporate or throw out in terms of advice? Um, 
I think I've always been intrigued by the Ray Bradbury challenge. And for those of you who don't know what that is, is that um, over the years, whenever Ray Bradbury gave a talk, someone would eventually, you know, ask for advice about how to get the work done or how to be a pro or, or whatever. And Bradbury would inevitably say, write a short story every week for an entire year. Yeah. Uh, and that has sort of become a. Uh, something most people, you know, in the shorthand of the internet have begun calling the Bradbury challenge. And I don't think it's, he was saying that necessarily that you have to, um, you know, write every single day uh, in order to be a professional. I think what he meant by giving that particular answer was um, forgetting all that nonsense about the muse and, you know, kind of getting your butt in chair and doing the actual work so that at the end of a week, you would have completed uh, a short story. And plus, you know, if you write, you know, 52 stories in a year, he would say it's impossible to write 52 bad stories in a row. <laughs> so one or two of them is going to be good. I have never heard that latter part. That is great. And so true. And yeah. the thing that I always preach over and over is the more we write, the better we get. We can get better exactly. from taking classes and from reading. But um, but I think primarily we get better from writing and learning from our own mistakes. It's about practice. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Um, what is the your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Hmm. You go first. Well, I sorry. Well, <laughs> well, speaking to what I just said about Ray Bradbury, I think my personal challenge is getting my butt in the chair. Um, I have a lot of resistance, as Stephen Pressfield calls it, surrounding you know the creative process in general. Uh, I just have like weird, screwed up <laughs> issues about that sort of stuff. Or so no, or normal. There's, there's, yeah, a, there's well, a lot yeah, of normalcy anyway, there. <laughs> but yeah, getting in the chair is hard for me, personally. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Oh, man. This is the question I was dreading, and I hoped it would go away. <laughs> I, uh, I accidentally skipped it. It's usually before the last one. <laughs> you were mind-willing me to do that. <laughs> it just didn't work long enough. It's hard. I don't. Do I have an issue around writing that you know of? Nope. Well, that is <laughs> crazy. Jeff? Jeff is so grounded and like issue free. It's it's absurd. Aww. Yeah, I will say that there can be days, especially if it comes off a book that I've read that mm. is epically awesome, that I can go. I get into a, a weird spot for a few days. Like, why am I doing this? Right. You I know, you get that impos that. that imposter syndrome thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I work hard to tamp it down because I also realize that I have these finite windows to write in and I don't have time to screw around with that problem. <laughs> Good God, that's sensible. That's really sensible. Okay, and sometimes, what is, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> what is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Creating the characters. Really? I mean, and then getting to, to write them over and over again. And because I've got... I've had one – my first novel turned into a series, well, a trilogy, and I'm writing a new series now. And it's like the 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 boys in Hat Trick will forever be like my some of my favorite people. Yeah. 
you totally. know, because I wrote them over three books. And the, and the the new character I'm doing in this YA, he's so much fun to write. What and makes him fun to write? He's a smart 16-year-old. <laughs> I mean, because he's a computer genius who's a, a secret agent at the same time. Oh, that's awesome. And he just, what he does and, and the whole trying to write kind of mystery thriller stuff was way different than writing romance, obviously. I can identify with that, yes. <laughs> and figuring out what he does and how he does it and the the steps to getting from A to B and figuring out where his weaknesses are, what he'll fail at, because he can't be awesome all the time, because that's boring. Yes. Awesome. And, it's, and it's, it's fun. Oh, that's so cool. Will, how about you? What's your biggest joy in writing? Um, I think learning and exploring process. Um, I just have a really deep love for storytelling in general and all of its forms. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have this, I have a deep love for process porn. That's what I call it. Me too. That's why I started this podcast. Writing books or or articles from, you know, different writers or biographies or anything about craft. I just love that. So I think that, you know, joy is sort of the eternal, never-ending search for knowledge. And because you can always learn something new. It never never gets to a point where you'll be like, well, I'm good now. Exactly. I know know it all, which is fabulous. (laughs) It just really excites me. I heard, um, speaking of Joanna Penn, I heard her on her most recent podcast. I think it was recent. But she was like encouraging all writers to write a book about writing. And my brain at first went, what? No. Don't do that. And then my second reaction was, oh, that's a great idea. I want to read them all. I'll, do, I'll buy them all and read them all. Right. So not exactly. a problem. Exactly. Can you guys share a quick craft tip of any sort? I still don't feel like I know craft well enough <laughs> to say that. <laughs> you well, have written books. You know craft. Yes. It is a perpetual learning process. It you really learn is. something new with every book. Yes. Um, my tip on craft, um, I have to mention uh, a book called Romancing the Beat by Gwen oh, Hayes. Great book. Yeah, yeah. If anyone out there is writing romance, you really need to get your hands on this book and uh, flip through it. Yeah. Um, it's it's helped us most definitely, especially in uh, the co- a co-writing project we recently did. It's oh, really good awesome. stuff. Co-writing yeah. together on that project? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How? Yes. I don't know how you guys do it. That's just, you podcast and you write together. <laughs> wow. My wife, Lala, and I are working on a graphic novel together, but but it's completely separate. That's I wrote cool. the graphic, I know I wrote it, and now she's illustrating it. So we're in very different rooms. And uh-huh. I, love, I love being around her. She's my favorite person, but but we don't want to work together. So that's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Jeff, did you think of a craft tip or we can also- Here's what I'll say. I'll, don't be afraid of your editors. Oh yeah, because I did this with the first of the of the of these YA filler books. It's like, and it was but it was like the third round of edits I was getting back from the publisher, and it was like the worst set of edits I'd ever seen oh. in my life. Ouch! And it was a really rough go for me. But at the end of it, it was like the book is so much better now, and she really did a good job. And so the same editor came back in the second book that I did for continuity, thank goodness. And she did all this stuff, but it's like, okay, can, can we have her can, can, and make sure she's on book three now too, you know, <laughs> cause yeah. I, I want that. Yeah. And editors, and so many people go, 
Oh, edits. And you did this with the co-write because mm-hmm. you'd never seen edits from Dream Spinner before. And he was like, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, these are nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's I just always feel like edits make us feel like the worst writers in the world. When you see all of that blood on the page and all of the ways that you need to clean everything up, it's so hard but so awesome. And these editors really know what they're doing. They've done yeah, this so many to... times and we haven't. They're general. I, I say my editors, I've been really lucky. They've always been right. They're always right. I try so hard to to take the learning away from that. Yeah. And nothing makes me happier than what I got in book two of this series was like, I could tell you le- that, that that one hard editor was like, I could tell you learned from what we did the first time. Fantastic. <laughs> that's the yes. way it should go. And that's honestly, for me, the best way to learn. You know, if somebody is telling me something about my work, it finally sinks in and I finally get to understand it. That's awesome. Although I'll never, ever place commas correctly. <laughs> no, nor will I. The commas are just the most belligerent little suckers. And when I get my copy edits back, that's when I doubt myself as a human being. Because I've been doing this for a long time. I should know how a comma works. And apparently I don't. No, I've just <laughs> embraced that I will put them places and they'll get moved. And, and they'll get moved. Exactly. Thank God I don't... I don't pay people by the number of commas they move. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be bad. That'd be expensive. All right. Well, when you have self-doubt or dark days about this whole proposition of writing, how do you deal with it? I left a comment about this on on Pedal the other, a few episodes back. Um, There's a musical called Title of Show, Mm -hmm. which is about two guys writing a musical about two guys writing a musical. It's all very meta. I love. (laughs) But it all... The whole show kind of ties back to creativity. And there's a song in particular called Die Vampire Die, which turns that whole self-doubt, imposter syndrome, all of that, and boils it down into the song that you have to go stake the vampires. Oh, I love that. And I will go listen to that. That's like the thing that can pull me out of a creative funk a lot is the whole show itself but you know that song and a couple others in the in the score are just really honed in on that and then you're you're singing this happy little song and you're like okay all better <laughs> i am going to get the soundtrack and listen that sounds really really awesome yeah. how about you will how do you handle the self doubt um i usually just wallow in it <laughs> um <laughs> I, I think over over the years in my battles with resistance, I think I pretty much learned that I if if I'm feeling it, I need to sit in it and experience it and then, you know, and let it go because, you know, tomorrow is going to be another day and I'll I'll feel I'll feel better tomorrow. But yeah, I, th- I think you guys should really come move in with me. So that's just, so you can just tell me these things when I have my own self-doubt in dark days. You're both very, very grounded. Okay, but on really bad days, if you couldn't do what you're doing now, you had to do something completely different. What profession would you choose? I would um, – I've always been intrigued by the idea of being a, a Broadway usher. Oh, that would be phenomenal. If if we still lived in New York and, and couldn't be doing what we're doing right now, I think I would try to get in the union and uh, yeah, go go be a Broadway usher. Heck yeah, heck yeah, <laughs> I love that. Okay, what about you, Jeff? <laughs> My follow up question on that is, what show would you want to usher? <laughs> oh, I 
I don't really care. I don't think it actually matters. It might change every six months the one you wanted to do. But if it's a dream job, you can just jump. You can do any show you want. Exactly. Oh, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, for me, I want to run a bookstore. Oh, my gosh. You're crazy. I am crazy. I hear that's I want terrible. To do a, I want to do a bookstore that is like uh, The Ripped Bodice. Yes. I oh, love do that. what Leah have done. Mm-hmm. They've made it work. Oh, will you tell listeners who might not know what that is, what it is? I'm sorry. Yeah. The Ripped Bodice is a bookstore in Culver City, California. So that's down by Los Angeles, uh, run by two sisters, B and Leah Koch. It is an all romance bookstore. The only one, I believe it's still the only one. I think so. In the US, maybe the world. There's one in Australia. Um, okay. But yeah. That's cool. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, they've made this store that is welcoming, that is comfortable. I haven't been. You've been? Oh, yeah. cool. Every now and then I go to LA for work and I always go visit the store when oh. I'm there. They've been on our show. Oh, I will have to look up that episode. Cool. Yeah. Um, I've never met two people who are doing so just, they, they're doing what they're supposed to do mm. in running that store and you can tell mm-hmm. it in their attitude. I love that. How they've decorated how they do these handcrafted she made a christmas tree last year out of books she had all they ended up with all these used books that they'd recovered from some store going out of business and she used some of the more beat up ones just to make this book christmas tree that's heaven uh yeah i mean they're so delightful and their store is just incredible and they do so much for their Culver City community and the romance community, if I could have a store like that, like I don't want to run a Barnes and Noble or anything. I want something with community and is curated and would it be particularly be gay romance or romance all? If I could do a store and make it work like Oscar Wilde used to be in New York, or how Different Light used to be, yeah, yeah, and have it succeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, I might curate to a bigger audience for the books that I like to read. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It is that, It is fun. I think you should do it. It's such a pipe dream. There's a bookstore here, a used bookstore in the college town that's just down the road that was actually on sale. You could get the building, the books, the whole shoot and match for like, what was it, like a million dollars or something? Like $1.2 million. Yeah. But it's in, a, it's in an old historical building, and it is jam-packed. To the rafters, two floors of like a gazillion and a half books. My heart is aching. I want that so bad. <laughs> Come on up. Oh my God. What city was that in? It's in Arcata. Oh, Arcata. I was picturing Ferndale for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it, would, it would fit really well there too. That yeah. building could so be in Ferndale. Yes. Oh, oh. Look up the Tin Can Mailman and you'll see. I think it's off the market now, but it was up for a while. The Tin Can Mailman. Oh my gosh. Okay. Pipe dreams. That's a really good pipe dream. Okay. <laughs> speaking of books, what is the best book that each of you has read? And tell me why. Recently. Most recently. Um, John Green's new one. The oh, I have Turtles it ready. All the way down. What's it called? Turtles All the Way Down? Yeah. What what did you love about it? He is he's such a master of writing realistic teenagers. Teenagers who live right now, you know, and this one in particular, uh Aza has I don't know what her her mental condition is, but she's got voices in her head that just like are you sure you did this? Make sure you did this. You got to make sure you did this. 
go check it go check it right now i don't care what you're doing and the way he built her character and and helped you live inside her head so much was so powerful the audiobook i did it on audio and it was outstanding too with the 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 narrator i think it's mm. kate rudd i think it's kate rudd that did it just outstanding and the whole story he did too he painted on a bigger canvas that he did with fault in our stars where it was really just the two it was very intimate yeah and there's more happening in this book so that was also fun because i own other john green books but i've only read fault and the collaboration he did years ago with david levathan yeah, um the boy so Will Grayson, Will Grayson. That's that's it, yeah. Um, so reading Turtles was a really a really fun time and oh. almost gave me book hangover. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. That's that's so high on my list right now. That's that's awesome. Will, would you concur with that? Uh, or do you have one of your own favorites? I have never read John Green. Uh, r- right now, I'm sort of in the midst of reading a ton of holiday novellas. Um. As we record this, we are heading into the Thanksgiving weekend, mm-hmm. and um, that is, of course, the time when all independent authors and the publishers release all their holiday books I'm out. I'm literally into the doing that right now. Like exactly. That's what I'm so hang I've been up deep diving into one. yeah, season warm fuzzy holiday <laughs> seasonalness is what I've been up to lately. Yeah, don't you love that? I love that. Yeah, really. I, it's I, good I stuff. love it. Um, and what would you like to tell us about right now? What would you like to plug while I've got you on the show? Uh, obviously your podcast. Yes. Jeff and Bill's Big Gay Fiction Podcast at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes every Monday. <laughs> and you have a Patreon, which I am proud to be a sponsor of, which is Yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Patreon.com slash Big Gay Fiction Podcast. Per- perfect. And would you like to tell us about your latest book or series or what? Uh, my latest is uh, the first book in the Codename Winger series which is my YA cyber thriller book. Uh, it's called Tracker Hacker. Which is uh, such came a out. great name. I love that name. <laughs> it's got good alliteration and it, rhyming. It, it I mean, it's does. not really alliteration, but it seems like it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, came out uh, just about a month ago in October. And then book two, which is called Schooled, will be out sometime in the spring. Fantastic. And that is that through Dream Spinner or Indie? Harmony Inc. Harmony, Harmony Inc. Press, okay. which is Dream Spinner's YA imprint. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, wait, wait, before, before we go, I wanted to quickly mention that co-writing book that we spoke of earlier. Uh, it is actually being released this January, uh, uh, middle of January, 2018. Uh, it is a gay romance and it's called the hockey player's heart. Oh, I love that. And how is this your first co-writing, um, romance together? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Is it just like your baby? Like, I bet you're really proud of doing that together. We, yes, yeah. I, we are. The the like, well, like Jeff mentioned, the edit, the editing process was really difficult for me. He he was old hat at it. Right. it. It didn't bother him at all. But me going through it the first time, uh, it was kind of stressful. <laughs> but I'm really really happy with how it turned out. Yeah. There, um, Nathan Bransford, if you know him, he's a literary agent, but also writes, I believe, young adult. Um, I always quote him because he said once that getting your edit your first editor's letter is like witnessing or hearing a nuclear explosion. <laughs> it's just nothing is nothing makes sense. And like 24, 48 hours later, you start to go, oh, all right. But at first it just does not work. Nothing 
Because you know yeah. you sent them your best effort. What is what is this? I can't mm. fix it. Yeah, and then you fix it. It's awesome. And then I you fix it. <laughs> I love revision. I love it. Love it. Love it so much. Thanks you guys so much for spending this time with me. This was a absolute treat. Yeah, thank you so and much. Happy Thanksgiving and into the holidays with all that. Happy writing. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write. You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>